gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Becoming Men podcast. I'm your host, Ray Delanues, and this is the podcast for good men on their journey to live epic lives. I show up every week with legendary guests who help me bring you some of the most impactful content out there on masculinity, and we don't disappoint. This week's episode is brought to you by mastermypurpose.com, but a little bit more on that later. As we approach episode 100 on this podcast, this right here has to be one of my top 10 conversations. This week, I got to sit down with Matt Bodro. Matt's a fellow podcaster, a keynote speaker. He's a school educator, school administrator. He has found schools. He's helped other people develop and establish their own schools. He's just an all-around expert in the area of education. And this week, we talk about the difference between schooling and education and why we as men cannot forward to confuse the two gentlemen matt bodro man pleasure brother glad we got to do this well a year coming all just yeah. so that i can get you in the seat and ask you this one question if you could go back and, and talk to your 20 something year old self and you got one minute you're going to disappear what wisdom would you dump on that guy in 60 seconds oh the 20 year old self um that's a, that's a really good question. And if I only got 60 seconds, man, uh, you already burned through 10. So yeah, dude, I, I, I would quit, quit living in, quit living in fear. Uh, and I, and, and I say that knowing that that, that young man had less fear in him than most, mostly out of, uh, you know, bra- stupid bravado and nothing earned. Um, but quit living in fear. Uh, and it's usually boils down and this goes to most people it boils down to the fear of what other people think about your decisions. So it makes you hesitate and it makes you take too long before just attacking your path. So quit living in fear, quit worrying about other people's opinions for it and, and get the hell after it. Um, because I learned that far too late and I wish it, I wish I had done that earlier. Yeah. It's a great yeah. question. Well, what were you doing around that time in your life? I mean, as, as this young, as this young buck, man, I, uh, I was trying to figure out who I was, but I was trying to figure out who it was by doing the same thing everybody else was doing. You know, mm-hmm. in my early twenties, I'm in, I'm in college because well, hell, you know, you're supposed to go to college, right? I had done my straight A's thing all through high school, but I didn't know anything. And I didn't know anything about me. I knew how to play yeah. sports and I knew how to talk to girls. And so in my early twenties, I was in college getting better at sports and getting better at girls. Right. Yeah. And that was it. Right. I was still getting my straight A's, but sure. I wasn't learning anything about me. I was just doing what everybody said you're supposed to do. You're supposed to take this class. You're supposed to, you know, whatever. So I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. The The best part about that was I was working, you know, three jobs to put myself through school. Um, hadn't taken a dime from my parents since I was 17. Wow. So that part was good. Um, but I was still just playing the game that was laid out before me because it was the expectation culturally familiar, you know, and otherwise. So, um, you know, I, I was running through that at 22. I was offered a job at the White House, which was um, which is cool, which is interesting. Did to you be that job, but I didn't. Uh, I ended up turning it down. Somebody from the White House actually talked me out of it. Um, really? So yeah. So then I graduated 22, um, and that was the job I thought I was going to have. Right? Was was I was going to go out there? I was going to be a Secret Service agent out there at the White House, man. But uh, yeah. I what degree plan? What what was your degree in? Degree was exercise physiology. Again, I was a good athlete. So it was exercise okay. physiology, right? Kinesiology, because, well, I don't know. I like sports. I might as well learn how the body works, I guess, right? That was yeah. just, 
it was a throwing a friggin' dart at a couple of different things and going, cool, I guess I'll do this. The professor seems cool. And I got a lot of friends doing it too, you know, right. so get no intentionality, man. So, so if you don't have the intentionality, what do you do? You just default to what everybody else tells you to do. Right. That's what that young guy was doing. So, um, thankfully somebody talked me out of that position, but, uh, but I graduated and had no job. So then I'm 22 and have to figure out what the hell I'm going to do now. Right. And so it was just right. a series of odd, small jobs that I'm thankful for each one now looking back, but there was no intentionality going into them. Yeah. Yeah. And we know where that leads, right? Like everybody here listening has heard me use the word intentionality probably a thousand times over the last hundred episodes. And it's because I think it's one of the things that separates us from where we are and where we should be, right? Like we all have this awareness of something that we should be doing that we are not doing. And sometimes it takes a little bit more discipline and intentionality in that direction. Uh, But yeah, it sounds like you, like a lot of us, right? And me included here, uh, you're just in a conveyor belt, a conveyor belt. And I hate using the word system still. I'll get better with it. I promise. Um, But this conveyor belt system, and I I think I just hate it because like, I don't like to think that there's some kind of external control over me or that I am subject to some other system, some external thing that I don't have any privy to, but uh, it does exist. (laughs) Correct. That's correct. And it strips you of that intentionality early on. Right. Mm. So as that young 22, 23, whatever young guy, thankfully, and and I don't think it was because of school, it was in spite of school. Thankfully, you know, whether some of it was parenting, some of it was, you know, my my athletic background and growing up fighting and and being in martial arts. And, you know, I, I had the work ethic or whether nature nurture, I don't know, but the work ethic was at least there where it was like, shit, I better work hard. And I don't want somebody else to have control over me. That's why I left the house at 17. As soon as I graduated and said, no mom and dad, I'm going to pay my own way. I'll figure out how to pay for school and pay for an apartment. I'll figure out how to do this because I had that chip on my shoulder. So at least I had that yeah. Right. To, to, yeah. to, you know, quote unquote, fall back on. Um, so yeah. I'm very, very grateful there. Cause even as I go into the odd jobs, that's what I fell back on was my need to, to prove to the world. And a lot of that was at that time out of fear, but that I could do it and that I could accomplish and that I could take care of myself. Right. I didn't yeah. know what I know now, which is just really, I was tapping into that, that desire to be free and that desire to be sovereign. And, you know, that's really what I wanted. I was just going about it in a childish way because I didn't have the direction either. So um, yeah, man, that's, but you're right. That system, those external controls, nobody wants to know those exist. No, no, especially me, right? Somebody like me in my situation or, you know, somebody listening, maybe a a separate situation, but similar route, right? So I come from a third world country. Um, I joke that I was one of those kids that like would have interrupted your movie while you were watching whatever it was on FX. And they came with like a Feed the Children Foundation with this kid that has flies all over him. Like that was me, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And so I, I like by complete luck, right? Uh, my mom meets my stepdad when he was actually there to meet my aunt, right? And it just wow. weird thing, right? And then confuses them, falls in love with my mom, I think. And then I'm in America four years later, right? So this entire time, by the way, as an immigrant child, you are constantly aware that you are an immigrant and you don't belong here. You know, if if it's for, a lot of times for first generation immigrants, that's the case. Yeah. And you're aware that you are behind, 
right? Yeah. So while everybody else has a leg up because they know the language better or because, you know, they have established families and finances and all that stuff, like I'm consciously aware that I am behind. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at everybody else around me and I'm like, well, what does success look like? What it, it's not like my dad working two jobs from eight o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. No joke there. Literally like an hour in between two different jobs uh, for lunch and then having no time to himself just to survive in lower middle class. Right. I know it didn't look like that. So I was like, I just got to get to college. I just got to get to college. Once I get to college, everything will be fixed. Well, (laughs) my parents couldn't even sign like as co-signers for a loan for me to get to college. Right. But somehow I ended up going there and I'm like, Hey, yeah, I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm going to get to college. And my story takes a little bit of a turn there. I joined the military and finished college a little bit later, but for a lot of us, a lot of these guys, they go through the college route and they're promised something at the end of it. They're like, Hey, once I get there, I will finally X. Right. And it turns out we live this. That's not really the case. It, it's not like we envisioned it. And why is that? What do you think? Well, it's intentional because what happens, I love what you said. You were consciously aware that you were behind. Mm-hmm. The sit and again, system. I, I'm, I'm all for it if we can find a better word, but the reality is that system is there intentionally yes. to make you completely unaware that you are behind, and not only unaware that you are behind, but it makes you religiously devoted to that system. So much so that even though you become semi, you you graduate, like you said, and you go, shit, man, I guess I still don't really know anything, but you can't quite put your finger on why. And then you're so religiously devoted to it. You still send your own kids back through it. Mm. That, that is what you become unaware of. You become unaware that you have been made to be ineffective and you've been made to be perpetually behind because your mind has been just shackled. Yeah. That's what's going on. So it's, it's intentional, man. Um, you start to look at, you know, where, where this system of schooling that we implement in this, in this country, you start to look at where it came from and who brought it over. And again, this is where I, I don't dive into this a ton because people start to go, Oh, okay, well conspiracy this or conspiracy that to do whatever you want to do. Um, I'm all for freedom of the individual go wherever you want to go. Um, but if you want to take a look at where it came from, it's a Prussian system and it was developed specifically to have somebody that obeys orders I mean, that's the, that's the most simple way I can put it. And when it came here, uh, Rockefeller spent what the equivalent today would be like $1.2 billion um, to really make sure that he was in control. And and he and some others were in control of this Prussian system that came over and his words, I'll paraphrase it, but it was something along the lines of, I want good workers, not thinkers. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's, so we, we put that in there for the industrial revolution so that we could have a bunch of obedient workers cogs in an industrial machine well the we're not in the industrial revolution anymore we're not um in a world that you know really rewards obedience um yeah. yet that's the system we continue to perpetuate you know and so that's when i'm when i'm trying to bring this to families it's because again i go back to that question what should education be for right it should be for sovereignty and it should be for freedom um ultimately that's what it should be it should be for you to be able to understand you've got choices and to make the choice that best fits you and your family most people don't even understand that there are choices 
They think, oh, you just go up and you go to school. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. And again, before you know it, you're in bondage. And you're not only in bondage, but you're turning around and shackling your own children. And the the cycle continues, man. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I saw this terrible, terrible little small video that was floating around Instagram the other day. And it was supposed to be a rat that just was got his first whiff of money. And so he's like following this hundred dollar bill through like a city. And then he takes it into an elevator and he climbs the corporate ladder. Right. And so, and and happiness is all over the background, like everywhere it's written all over the walls, but he's still just chasing this wind, this money that's being taken by the wind. And finally it lands on a table and he's like, yes, I got it. After he climbed again, this, this corporate elevator and then boom, the freaking the, uh, Rat trap snapped trap. on his back. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I watched it. I probably gave that, that video 15 to 20 views yeah. <laughs> of the total million that it has. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is me who like, Holy smokes. And man, I think it's, it's speaking to our desire to be comfortable. Yeah. Right. There's a desire in us to like, just make it and like, I just want to breathe. I've, I've just been grinding and going and I just want to finally make it so that I can have a little bit more autonomy or I can have a little bit more of those toys that I wanted. Right. I can have the boat, the jet ski and the, uh, the hunting cabin. Right. And I don't think anybody is wrong for thinking that it's just that the way that we're going about it and the way that you do it, you're selling something, you're giving something away, you're training something up. Am I wrong? Oh, you absolutely are right, man. I mean, that's it. And again, what, you know, there's, there's a number of different ways to look at this sovereignty thing and this freedom thing. And you can look at some of the old Stoics that'll say, you know, um, it's not going after all those things you desire. It's desiring less. Right. And so it's living in a, in a way where you desire less. And so then you've got all of your means are covered because you just desire less in the first place. So you have to do less because you don't need as much, you know, and there's that whole concept, but you know, when it gets down to the, to the DNA of, of, you know, what I think humans are. And I think specifically what men are is, man, we want to, we want to accomplish, like we want to achieve, we want to go create something. We want a purpose, right? We want, we want a mission. Um, And I think that's what's woven into our DNA. So we confuse that, you know, collection of, of items here or getting popularity over here. We confuse that with a, with a true mission. And we confuse that with the sovereignty and the freedom that we also want. Um, so, you know, I think whether your mission involves something that's very, uh, you know, the public is very aware of, or it doesn't, it's you in pursuit of that mission and then living, you know, not being attached to, uh, you know, what, what the financial gain is on that, that brings you that ultimate peace. And that's what I think we're after. It's not even necessarily comfort. It's that peace of mind. Yeah. Definitely easier said than done. Okay. Um, if I look at my, if I look at my bank account right now and I'm like, okay, what bills, you know, what bills can I cut? And what bills should I cut? Right. It's like, those are two very different questions right there. Like I can cut a lot of them, but should I take away um, this enjoyment, that subscription, you know what I mean? This trip and, and that truck, you know what I'm saying? Like two very different questions, man. So it's almost like asking a lot of us, but you're saying for the sake of having more sovereignty in your life, for the sake of actually achieving this thing that you have innate inside of you. 
That's it. And do you have that peace of mind? Like when you're making those, decisions, yeah. like it's when you've got all those, you got the trip planned. That's awesome, man. You got the truck that you want. Like, that's great. Do you have peace of mind around that? Or are you still chasing something else? Are you still are you stressed to pay for this? Are you okay? I've got this and I enjoy it because you enjoy it or because you enjoy the distraction from something else, mm-hmm. right? Is, is this thing, the enjoyment is here because it's distracting me from the thing that I'm stressed out about. The reason I'm, I, I'm happier than everybody else I know is because I'm not sucked into these distractions. I've got peace in what I do every single day. I'm not stressed around that. I've got, I, I work my ass off, but I'm not stressed around it. I love it. It feels like play to me, right? I'm not stressed in my relationship with my wife. I'm not stressed in the relationship with my kids. All of those things are phenomenal. I've got great physical health. I've got all those things that I want to have. I've got complete peace of mind. It's completely quiet up there. So I'm not having to distract myself with anything. So anything else, it's it's like, okay, what's the utility of it? I can be more pragmatic in my decisions and go, is this just something that we want to do for fun and have fun? like, great, that's awesome. I'm not, I'm not having to sacrifice anything else. There. I'm not having to answer to anybody else um, for any of those decisions. And that peace of mind, I think is what guys are after. Do you dream of being known as a resilient and confident Christian man? Maybe you've even wished that you would finally become more faithful and disciplined, but after trying so damn hard, you still don't see any lasting change. So you feel discouraged and ashamed. And I get that because that was me more than eight years ago. But I can tell you right now that one of the things that's going to help you become the man that God created you to be is by getting a life coach. Somebody who's going to be in your corner and walking with you along the way. And because I understand the transformative power of a virtual life coach, I want to offer you a free session right now on me. All you have to do is head over to thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. Again, that's thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. A lot of what you do that's so interesting is that you think you're thinking alternatively, you know, even just what you were proposing that is just alternatively. Um, I I love hearing your conversations around the difference between uh, education and schooling and the alternative uh, routes that we can take, even, you know, post already you having a degree, right? Like I, like I told you before, I'm an unmanned aircraft systems major. I love saying the whole thing because I want you to think I'm smarter than I actually am. You know what that meant? (laughs) That meant that I sat down for 120 credit hours. Plus I got two minors, by the way, I want to be able to add that to any freaking resume that I submitted. Um, So really like 130 something hours, uh, credit hours to be able to come out of a university with a degree that said, that says my name on it, Rainiel Jose de la Nuez, you know, from full origins. Right. Uh, and all to look like I'm an expert, but I'm actually just a guy who can ask better questions. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So what's the difference, right? So like, if we want to, for, for the guys that have already been school, uh, already been schooled, or for the guys that are about to, the guys that are thinking about it, like, what are your alternatives? Yeah, I love that, man. Well, here's the reality: you are brilliant. You're a brilliant human being. Um, I thank you. It's true. And and by the way, that's the default setting for all of humanity. Mm. Our default, if we're if there's no real issues there, right? There's no, I mean, obviously I know, I understand that there's issues that, that, that can handicap some people. I understand that that's there. Reality is the default setting for people. You are brilliant. And then the world starts to tell you who you are and where you need to go. And so we start to acquiesce to that versus, you know, bringing out the brilliance that's, that's inside of us. Right. And that's the difference between school and education. Education is growth. It starts with that default setting of a brilliant human being, and then it's growth. 
in growth meaning I, now I get to find out who I am. Educate means to draw out. Uh, that's exactly, that's what the root of the word means. So you're drawing out what is inside you. There's a self-awareness like, Ooh, I really, really like this. My specific genius is this. I see this easier or faster than most people. And I enjoy seeing that. Right. And I want to do something with that. I can serve other people with this. You're drawing that out of you. And then you're being intentional. Like we were talking earlier, that intentional word about, Ooh, how can I, how can I uh, make that exponentially greater? What can I add on to what I already have inside me? Like what can I connect to? Right. So it's this combination of drawing out, and adding two, and it's a cycle that doesn't end until you're six feet under. That's what education is, right? So it has nothing to do with anything externally at all that you haven't chosen to, to allow into you. That's yeah. what education is. If humans are a flower you, and you want to, you want that flower to just grow and do what a flower does. It doesn't need training on how to do that. It just yeah. needs the right environment. Right. So a that's good, good. Right. That's all it needs. Right. So like from a parental standpoint or an educator standpoint, all you're doing is you're looking at the environment. Do I make, how do I make sure the soil is okay? How do I make sure that there's, you know, enough water, but, and you know, water can be whatever you want to use that for the amount water can be love, but you don't want it to be too much where it's overbearing. And now it's because it'll kill the flower, right? Because you got too much that you're pouring into it. Right. So you've got, you're cultivating an environment. I want to make sure the sun's right. It gets enough. If you do all of that, right. Well, the flower just freaking grows. Cause that's what it's supposed to do. Right. So that's what we're looking at when we're talking about education. Schooling is the system. Schooling says, okay, Every single flower, no matter what kind it is, we are going to tell it exactly how to grow, exactly when to grow. And it's going to grow the exact same as every other damn flower. Right. Wow. And so we're gonna put them all right here in this box. We're going to disconnect the flower actually from the natural world. We're going to put it all in this greenhouse. It's going to be given artificial light. We're going to give it artificial nutrients. We're going to give it artificial. Right. And every single one needs to grow at the exact same time and look exactly the same as every other flower. And that's just not real. It doesn't translate to how they would be in the natural world. It's just not real in the first place. It's controlled environment. But the problem is, and it's like Plato's allegory of the cave. If the flower has only ever grown up in that greenhouse and that's all it's ever known is the artificial, you know, uh, uh, external artificial garbage that it's being fed. Well, then that's what's going to assume that that's real. And in this theoretical story, if that flower got to have children, then they would put them right back in that because that's all they ever know. And that's what schooling is. It's a specific system meant to perpetuate this religion of like, no, this is what you're going to do. We've got to step outside of that to understand that that does not connect to life. We've been told that it does because it looks sort of similar because you got these other flowers in there. I was related to checkers and chess. The board looks the same, but the games are not the same. One is <laughs> very, very simple. One is very, very complex. We spend all our time and a lot of money learning to play checkers when the world demands a mastery of chess 
And that's a problem because the checker says, go get those degrees and continue to get your major and get, get your, get your, uh, you know, get your other minors in there and, and spend your 130 credit hours. And we're going to stamp you here. And then the world goes, okay, cool. What can you actually do? And you're like, um, ask better questions. And they're like, okay, that's cool. But the job requires this. Yeah. Now you've got on the job training and, and all this kind of stuff, which is great, but Hey, why couldn't you just do that in the first place? Right. right. Why didn't you just go there in the first place? Why didn't you know enough about who you were, your genius, your brilliance that you had to offer the world, go to somebody who's a master in that area. They just been doing the same thing that you've been doing old, but the longer, and they just take you along in that journey. Right. So all that to say alternatives, um, we use that word, and, and what's interesting is we go, okay, what's the alternative, meaning the alternative to the norm? The norm is everybody goes to school right. because this conveyor belt system, the alternative is anything outside of that, right? Well, <clears throat> forever, humanity has done all of the things that I'm going to say is outside of this. The alternative has been this 150-year experiment of schooling. That's the alternative because it's not how humans have always learned period, end of story. Like it's the antithesis of how they've learned. Humans have always learned by doing always. So, you know, home education has never been easier to do. And it's never been, um, never been more needed. Uh, so, and a lot of parents say, well, I couldn't home educate. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And there's any number of myths that they'll come up with, including, well, I'm not qualified, uh, to teach my own kids. And I go, Oh, that's cool, man. Isn't that interesting? You went through a conveyor belt school program that left you feeling unqualified to now educate your own kids. So your answer is I'm going to put them right back in that system that left me feeling unqualified. Yeah. Is at the definition of a religion that we're talking about here. This is that's, that's the religious cult that we're talking about. Um, so home education, there's home education pods. There are or alternative quote unquote schooling options like Acton Academy that I've launched, um, you know, a few of when you get into post high school, there's programs like Praxis that are specifically apprenticeship based. You can still get apprenticeships and internships in almost any field. Um, and you can do so without a degree if you understand how to make those connections. And um, so when you start talking about alternatives to schooling, it's almost endless. You yeah. just have the will and desire to do it. Yeah, I think just the demystification of that entire process is necessary because we think that only after I have this degree or only after I have this suff this suffix at the end of my name yeah. will I actually know. But when you demystify education, like yeah. you had brought up before, and when you make it, you you bring it down to its elements. And it's just you taking in the, the information that you need, having enough time to practice, having the environment to, to, to practice that and thrive right. in, man, you're talking about something completely different. And I'll tell you what, right. I've ran a total of zero Airbnbs in my entire life. Yeah. And this is just top of mind because there's a freaking hurricane going through my, uh, my yeah. home right now. Wrecking your right. stuff right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's wrecking it right after six, yeah. my first six months. I, man, I can't tell you. I crushed it. I crushed it in these first six months. I'm like, why wasn't I doing this before? Now, yeah. you know, let me back up. I had a friend who was doing this before me. So guess what I did? I just started calling him. 
I'm like, Hey man, you got a couple, you got a couple minutes, a couple minutes would turn into a little bit. Cause he's a little passionate about it. Yep. And now I'm getting apprenticed by a friend who's doing it. And then I have to have the balls to actually jump in and there just do it. And guess what? I've made mistakes that have cost me a couple thousand dollars already. Sure. But dude, I, compared to what I've already earned, That's first true. of all, and compared right. to the education that That's I would have right. needed to go get some kind of like revenue management uh, degree or something to like know how to run a hotel or something like that. Like, no, I'm just showing up and creating a small family business. And you did. And you, so you, you lost a couple grand. There's your tuition, right? Losing yep. a couple grand made you, you know, a hundred grand on the back end. Right. Absolutely. And my friend Andy Frizzella talks about, you know, he says, I've made mistakes. You know, he said, I made mistakes that, that cost me seven figures, but those same mistakes made me eight figures. Mm. Right? That, same good. thing. It's the exact same thing. That's what education is. That's the tuition you're paying for. And, and academia likes to uh, pat itself on the back by living in all of this theory. When education says, look, just go do it, go try it, go fail, go suck at it, learn through your mistakes, change your mind because you figured out this doesn't work. Do the Thomas Edison thing of a thousand ways not to fix a light bulb. And now all of a sudden now you've got it. Right. Yeah. That's what education is. And I love, you know, I was on the, uh, the clubhouse that, that app, which I don't think is, is super popular anymore. Um, but yeah. I got invited to a conversation on that with a whole bunch of business owners and a bunch of guys, it was like the CEO of like Coors, uh, like the, the beer company. Yeah. yeah. The brewery. So it was like him, the founder of like Hobby Lobby. Um, it was just this weird hodgepodge of entrepreneurs from all different fields, which was really cool. And then there was a, a Yale MBA professor, um, that was in there too. And, uh, which was interesting. And so he, the, the Yale MBA professor started taking, um, he started taking personally what I was saying about the difference between schooling and education. And I always differentiate that I'm all for good people who are teachers and administrators. I'm all for it. And the reality is this system's not going away. And there are some people who, you know, there are young heroes, the best humans they're ever going to see, because maybe their home life sucks. The best humans they're going to have in their lives are the people at their schools, right? The teachers and administrators there. So yeah. I am all for good humans and I'm all for it. It's not a personal attack. When I say the system sucks, it's not saying you suck. Right. And so, um, but he was taking, um, you know, uh, a little bit personally, the things that I was saying about the systems in general. And so he started telling me that my ideas on parenting, you know, weren't, weren't sound. And he started telling me that my ideas around, you know, business and, and, you know, all of these things weren't going to work. And my ideas around these schools weren't going to work and all this stuff. Said, I've got to stop you, man. I said, first of all, how many kids do you, do you have? No, oh, I don't have children yet. Cool. man. so I've got the three, <laughs> I've got three children that my daughters bought horses for themselves. Horses. I don't know if you've looked at the price tag of horses lately, yeah, yeah. Not, not inexpensive. They bought their first horses when they were nine and seven from the businesses they were running from the school. So, wow. um, and they're, by the way, they also take care of them and get up early to go shovel shit and go like they're uber responsible. Right. And yes. take care of them. So they're running businesses. They're crazy responsible. They're the nicest, most mature, most at peace young people that I know. And I know thousands of young people. So let me know, but my parenting techniques aren't going to work. Oh, person who has no, no kids, yeah. but this is crazy, right? How many, and I, he's, he's a Yale MBA professor. He's telling me my businesses won't work. I'm like, okay, well, I have nine. Some of them are in the seven figure range. Others are, they're all doing well. Um, how many businesses have you run? Yale MBA professor, zero. The answer is zero, <laughs> right? So 
again, academia likes to operate from this theory and the theory is great, except when it doesn't actually map out to the real world, you know? And then, so that's a big giant disconnect um, that you see play out over and over and over again. What you were talking about with your Airbnb experience, that's education. Let's take a quick moment to hear from the sponsor of this episode, mastermypurpose.com. If you want to clarify your God-given purpose, master the skills of some of the world's most successful and purpose-driven men, and march into action right now, then make sure that you head over to mastermypurpose.com for your free 21-day guide to a purpose-driven year. You'll be able to join the army of men already marching into a new direction and purpose. Again, that's mastermypurpose.com. And there's a lot of that going around. It's not everybody. And I, I, I love that you made that caveat. It's not everybody, but there's a lot of theory being thrown around by people who are just trying their best, right? Yeah. They're not, they're not bad people. They're trying their best or doing their right. job. They're bringing this education to you, but who would you rather learn from a guy who has theorized about something for 30 years or a guy who's done something and failed many times, but succeeded in some of those times for 30 years. That's right. You know, and it's just, you get more blue checks though, when you have better theory or when you, you, you get more followers sometimes when you, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I think we don't see enough of the guys who are failing. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I agree. And if we did, and if we really focused on that, we'd also find out that a lot of them, you know, didn't care about their schooling at all. And a lot of them didn't do well in their schooling either because they didn't pay attention to that because they were too busy worrying about being educated, you know? And so again, but it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't help the powers that be to focus on that because again, we need everybody to go to school and those that are teaching you in school are usually the ones that did well there and then went into a system that taught them how to perpetuate the system. That's another kind of thing that we, we, you know, and I got the, I can speak from experience on this as a public, former public school teacher and administrator. And, um, you know, you're taught how to perpetuate a system. You're not taught anything about human development. You're taught how to perpetuate school. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Right. Right. That's what credential is about. And, And I know that you're not saying school in any form of formal education, but I think you mean intentional schooling. That is not just, let me give you liberal arts degree. Uh, you know, let me give you liberal arts classes for the first two years when you're just trying to learn how to be a freaking, you know, a drone operator or drone management, you know, uh, professional. That's another part. There's there's so many nuances in the, in the game. That is part of it, man. Yeah. If you go in there and you know exactly what you want to do, why do you have to spend an extra 50 grand to take all these other, you know, courses that that don't, it's a, it's all part of the game. So it's a big, have you heard of the, the app Coursera? Oh yeah. I love it. It's great. I freaking love it. I was on a drive home from, uh, where was I? I was somewhere. I was in Tennessee. I was driving home. And I was like, oh, seven day free trial. And by the way, guys, I'm not sponsored by Coursera yet. (laughs) Uh, I was like seven day free trial. Absolutely. I signed up for a class. I couldn't stop. I put that thing on two X because they talk a little bit too slow for me. Uh, And I just was consuming this stuff. And before you know it, I just learned from a dude, right. Who gets paid hundreds of thousands, you know, gets paid tens of thousands of dollars a month to go teach at a, you know, one of those high-end universities. And he's teaching it to me for a subscription-based service. That's $39 a month. I did it during a free trial and I came out with education that I wanted right there that did not have any speech, uh, no like statistics, not saying that those aren't important. It's just that they're not important for what I needed to learn. 
Bingo. For your own education, right? Because again, yes. the one size fits all thing does not work. Period. Right. End of story. I don't have any Airbnbs. So my I don't need an education in that now unless I choose to go into that. And then yeah. I'm going to go, hey, right, dude, what do you like? How can I download what you know? You know, right, going on. And you might go, hey, man, I got my kids here, but I actually want to start, I actually want to open up a school. I'm going to serve them and and the community. You're going to call me up and go, hey, man, I want to download this education. And I'll go, cool, man, here's what you need to do. Right. So yeah. that's exactly it. That's the that's the thing nobody wants to acknowledge. You take something like Coursera, Linda, hey, by the way, YouTube, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, Masterclass. I mean, there's an endless amount of resources if you want to have a world class and that's not hyperbole a world-class education you can yeah. do it for pretty much nothing where are you right now you're in a what i'm in a library exactly <laughs> most people <laughs> forgot those exist too yeah right? yeah reality is that's free world-class education if you're intentional about it you go read the right books you ask the right questions you have the right conversations you will come out more highly educated than the majority of the population so what are we chasing we're not chasing education we're chasing somebody else's or our perception that somebody else wants to see certain boxes checked at certain times to then give us the opportunity to beg for somebody else to give us some sort of opportunity that we yeah. think we want to get something we need versus just going to it. Yeah. It's a game. Yeah. Man, it, it, when I walked into the library today, I saw the sign. It says, you are allowed to borrow any book in here for a maximum of nine weeks, but you get to keep the knowledge forever. And I'm like, well, dang. Yeah. Isn't that good? Isn't yeah. that good? But you know what? I, I went up to them in preparation for this conversation. Yeah. I got my mobile library. I mean, my mobile uh, setup here, guys. So I'm not in my normal studio in the library. And I'm like, let's go see if they have some. <laughs> some real education in here. And I asked him, Hey, could you look up the book, uh, weapons of mass instruction? <laughs> they're like sitting there. Okay. It's not in our library. Uh, it's not anywhere on camp Lejeune's library. Uh, yeah. it's not in any DOD libraries. And I'm like, why is this book, you know, so is it so controversial? You know, you, you kind of reference some of the material from the book, man. I only listened yeah. to chapter one and it talks right away about this Prussian, uh, system, but mm. why would, why would that not be in this library? Yeah, man. Why would it not be in any library? Why would it not be when you're talking? So again, you want to look credentials, right? We like credentials in our society. We're, we're credentialists, man. We love to see that somebody has those. So, okay. So we're talking about a book by a man named John Taylor Gatto and John passed just a few years, uh, a few years ago. He is arguably one of the greatest educators this country has ever produced. And by the way, he's got all the credentials, right? He was a New York state public school teacher for over 30 years, by the way, teacher of the year for the Say state. So. Work, right. So, so the man has the credentials. So right. why do we not hear about these amazing resources in the books that he has written? That one right there, dumbing us down um, the underground history of American education. So you're starting to see why we don't, we don't want to see this. Teachers never hear of him. If I go to teachers yeah. and administrators and go, have you ever read anything by John Taylor Gatto? They're like, who? It's if we if we let the population, and again, this isn't like a conspiracy where it's being held down, but 
is not in most libraries. It's certainly in no teacher training. The reality is if most people understood the difference between education and schooling, most people would choose education. Yeah. And we've got a, you know, a country that rides on the fact that 95% of people are going to go through schooling. Mm. And rides on the fact. It must happen that way because our yeah. medical system thrives by it. Our political system thrives by it. Our religious systems thrive on it. Like we need people yeah. to want to be told. We need them to desire to be told what to do. We need them to live majority in fear where they look to somebody who claims to be the expert to tell them what to do next. We need a population that does that. Otherwise, what are we going to do? Yeah. How do we control how do we control the masses? Yeah, I mean we we saw this with the pandemic. You know, oh. we needed to have professionals and knew more that could tell us what we needed to do. Although right. our common sense and other science was showing something different, right? Like right. guys, I've talked about it a bunch. I'm freaking, you know, on the chopping block to get kicked out of the military because I was one, the only person in my entire squadron to not get the vaccine. Yeah. Right. And it's all because we were just avoiding science. Now, all of a sudden, you know, everybody's like, Oh, maybe, maybe we should stop. Right. Oh. But you're going to lose a damn good officer because I started to wake up over the last year. If there's anything that happened over the last 365 days, since I submitted my first religious exception uh, request, it yep. was that I started to wake up. Yep. And again, I, like I said, in the beginning, I'm glad we're circling back here as we wrap up the conversation. You know, I, I hate using the word system because I don't like to admit that I'm influenced by something that I don't have control of. Sure. But my wife is absolutely like, she's all about it. She uses yep. the word they all of the time. And I always yeah. have to stop and be like, Tasha, who is they? Who yeah. are you talking about? I wonder. Yeah. And it's like, well, the system, right? The people, I'm like, what people, the elite? I'm like, is there really an elite? I'm reading yeah. uh, through. Yeah. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt's freaking uh, biography. Yeah. And in there, 150 something years old, it talks about his uncle sitting down with him. He's like, Hey, I know you're going after one of the elites in New York city right now, but right. you're going to have to stop because this country is ran by a very small elite amount of uh, medical professionals and, you know, real estate investors and this and bankers and yada, yada, yada. That's who really runs the country. I'm like, this book was written. You know, this is from 150 so, something JF years ago. JFK would say the same kind of stuff. Yeah, it's wild. And I don't pretend to know who they're talking about or what that means. I don't pretend. Right. I right. don't. I don't pretend. But I still see the evidence with my own eyes of what is going on, which is yeah. what you're talking about. Right. It's it's no, you obey or you're going to lose your job. You yeah. obey or and even, you know, part of the other insidious part of that is and I'm sure you face this is schooling also teaches us that not just to be blindly obedient, but that civil discourse is not allowed. If somebody is not going to be obedient in the same way you're obedient, then they're your enemy, right? We're not allowed to have civil discourse and open conversation because then again, civil discourse (laughs) and open conversation would alleviate a lot of these issues, right? But it's got to be done. If you don't agree with me, well, then you're on the other side. And so we're automatically enemies. The reality is nobody on this planet agrees with you on a hundred percent of the things, a hundred percent of the time. So you try you know, so it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it is. It is kind of wild. And that's again, where I go back to education should be about sovereignty and freedom, then, man, whatever, mm-hmm. if there is an elite or if there is not an elite, there's a control, whatever it is at the end of the day, again, I want that peace of mind. I want my relationships with my family to be rock solid because that's the legacy that matters. And I want that's to right. answer 
nobody to get to do what I want to do. I don't want to answer to anybody on, on, you know, raising food and, and water and on my farm. And I don't, by the way, not only do you not have to go to school, you don't necessarily have to pay taxes and you can do that legally as well. That's also another system, right? I just, again, I want sovereignty. Um, that's, right. that's what it should be for. I think every man listening to this podcast would agree with you that, that we want that. Totally. Um, it's just the path is least traveled. It's not well-defined and that yeah. makes us uncomfortable. Yep. You know, uh, there's actually this, this, uh, Bible verse in Isaiah that, uh, that says that you're going to get to a path and you're going to get to a fork in the road and you're going to ask yourself, or you should ask yourself, you should look back. It says, look back and ask which way the good way is and mm -hmm. follow it. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's some, some elements, um, mm -hmm. th of that it's, first of all, you're looking back to somebody who's there with you or who's gone before you. Right. Mm -hmm. And you are actually actively asking this person and inquiring when you're at a fork in the road. And a lot of us find ourselves at different forks in the road all of the time. Yeah. Which way, which, which is the, the, the good way. And yeah. then you actually have to be intentional about walking in it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And you have to understand that most people aren't going to be what you're going to be very, very lonely in that, you know, you start mm -hmm. talking about Isaiah, Yash, Yash, is the, the Hebrew name for him. You start talking about Isaiah and, and, you know, he's done all of this work and he goes up and God goes, Hey, look, I know you've been out there prophesying for me. You've been out there speaking on my behalf. You've been out there trying to share this message. And he opens the door and he shows him how much impact it has had. And, and, and Isaiah is going, there's nobody here. I failed. And God's mm -hmm. like, you didn't, you didn't fail. You were, yeah. you were leading, you were saying all the right things. You were doing all the right things. Most people just don't want to go there because it's more comfortable to go where everybody else is going. Yeah. Right? He's a perfect example of that. And that's the reality that's good. of the situation for most men. They're more comfortable going where the, where the masses are going. That's right. All the good stuff. Yeah. And guys, this, this happens live. So uh, it, the, the scripture was in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 6, 16 through 17. It says, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Mm. So there's the last part. Can't leave that part out, right? Because mm. you're talking about sovereignty. You're talking about this mm. inner peace. Yeah, man. That's what we want. And it's, it's a promise. It says, and you will find rest for your souls. So good. So, Matt, so thank you so much, man, for, for the time here, man. Thank you just for um, lifting up some veils, right? And if anything, just tickling some of these guys enough to be like, hey, you should start asking, you know, poking these guys in the side. You should start looking in these directions. Totally. Uh, if these guys want to get a hold of you or, or get a hold of kind of what you're doing, um, see where you're at, uh, how, how should they do that? Where should they go? Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, you shoot me an email directly. If anybody needs any help on anything, it's just Matt at Apogee Strong, A-P-O-G-E-E Strong.com. Um, you can shoot me an email directly there, man. I'm glad to, I'm glad to help. You know, I'm most active probably on Instagram, just at my name. Um, and you know, I'm point you to any number of the resources, whether it's Apogee Strong, the mentorship program for young men that Tim Kennedy and I do, or, um, you know, the Acton Academy schools that we, that we build or whatever that looks like. However, I can point you in the right direction. Glad to do so. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Becoming Men podcast. My hope is that this show is impactful and that it is a tool for you to grow as you become the man that you were created to be. If this is your first time joining us, then make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you won't miss another life changing episode. And by the way, if you want to reach me, get a hold of me personally, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter at 
Ray Delanuez. And if you want to help us transform the lives of men from around the world, then you can right now by taking a quick moment to leave us an honest review on iTunes. That small little act does so much to get this podcast in front of the right men. Gentlemen, until next time, continue to march. Thank you.